0: Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: Hello and welcome to Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I am so glad you're here, and I am so excited to bring you today's very special episode. In fact, I've been waiting to release this episode for a while now. I just wasn't sure when the very perfect timing would be, and now that we're in Scorpio season officially, and we are approaching Halloween, All Saints Day, Dia de los Muertos, all of this combined seemed like the perfect opportunity to introduce you to my guest this week, Katie Beecher. She's a medical intuitive, and you might even call her psychic. So the reason why I feel this is a really good time to bring her on the show is because the veil is very thin right now. And if you know anything about the Scorpio energy. It's that very mystical and intuitive energy. And so as a collective right now, you might be feeling that intuitive pull, that pull to talk to your spirit guides, your angels. What I mean by the veil is very thin. I mean that this is a time when you can get closer to hearing messages from your ancestors, your guardian angels. It's just a time when the higher powers that be are here to teach us and to speak to us if we are willing to listen. And if this is all kind of new to you, it's Really, something that you can tap into in a variety of ways. There's no one way to get in touch with your higher self or your angels or guides, but there's different things you can do like pulling an angel card or even just listening to a show like this is going to help really help you tune into your higher self. And really, as you're listening to today's episode, just kind of pay attention to anything that stands out to you because Many times we get a lot of information throughout the day, but what we end up hearing is what we need the most. So my guest today, Katie Beecher is going to share a lot of great information with you. I have, you know, a little bit of feng shui to share with you today, and you're going to hear a lot, but what you're really going to take with you today, what you remember is really a message from your higher self, from the universe your angels and guides of exactly what it is that they want you to know. So just kind of pay attention. That's how you can get in tune with your, your intuition and your higher self. So my guest today is fabulous. She actually reached out to me and she sent me a copy of her book. It's called Heal From Within, a guidebook to intuitive wellness. Katie was featured on Gwyneth Paltrow's group and Courtney Kardashian's website, Poosh. And she's really just a joy to speak with because she's spreading her message of how your body is sending you a message. So with that being said, today's focus is actually going to be on going with the flow as it pertains to cycles. So this week on October 25th, if you're listening to this episode live, we're heading into that new moon energy. So all week you might be feeling that pull to go within, to slow down, to write down your dreams and to take time. This is a season to stop pushing yourself so hard. Stop trying to force outcomes and trust that just like in nature, everything has perfect timing and everything has cycles. I'm actually sharing this with you today because this is my personal challenge in life. And when I discovered feng shui and I realized that the new moon was a time to go within and slow down, it changed my life. This is something that I don't like to do. (laughs) By nature, I have a lot of cardinal signs in my astrology chart, and by nature, I'm always wanting to take action. By nature, I want to see the manifestations. And yet, over time, what I've learned is that when I pay attention to the seasons, the moon phases, and even astrology and where we are as a collective with the different overriding zodiac signs, whatever, wherever the sun is, all of these different modalities are helping us to see the bigger picture. I just wanted you to know and give you permission to rest, give you permission for non-doing. And if you are listening to the feng shui suggestions that I have for you each week, and you're applying the tips and you're setting your intention please know that that's enough, that you can apply a feng shui adjustment, set your intention. And in a, in a sense, you can just walk away and trust that your environment is working on your behalf. The energy is supporting you. Your intentions have been heard, but sometimes things take time, time to manifest, time to come to fruition. Many times when you have really big dreams, really, really big dreams, you have to realize those big dreams could very much be calling for you to evolve into a different version of yourself. And that's a tall order. So the universe, once you put in your order and you set your intention and you do the feng shui adjustment, trusting that everything's going to work out, you also have to realize that the universe is going to probably test you and not to be in like a mean malicious way, but the universe is going to present possible challenges, possible loss, because you have to shed some skin and shed some layers in order to become the person that your higher self is calling you to be. And in order to experience the biggest dreams and your greatest desires. And one more thing I would like to say about going with the flow of the universal energy. So since we're in the new moon energy, Since we are in a season of going into hibernation, a season of change, just because you're not taking major action on the outside doesn't mean that you can't experience great manifestations and get those in motion. And here's what I mean. When's the last time you took pen to paper and wrote down your intentions? When's the last time that you actually dreamed big and envisioned the greatest version of your life that you could possibly imagine. Sometimes it's super scary because when you envision, like if I had a a magic feng shui wand and I could just manifest anything, this is what my life would look like. Sometimes it's like scary to think so big because maybe your dream life is so different from what you experience in your day-to-day that it's almost unfathomable, like it's hard to imagine it. But Albert Einstein once said that imagination is more powerful than knowledge. He said that with knowledge, you can get from point A to point B. But with imagination, the possibilities are infinite. You can create anything. Everything that has manifested in this world is because someone imagined it. And just as that is true, it's true for you that you can begin to imagine your new life. And it might take a few years. It might take a long time. It might take a few weeks. I don't know exactly what it is that you're totally dreaming of. I can't be in your brain right now. But what I can tell you is that anything is possible, but nothing is going to change until you envision it. And you have to be able to plant the seeds of imagination, plant the seeds of intention, so that the universe can respond and adjust accordingly to help you manifest your greatest dreams and desires. So I encourage you during this new moon energy, during the Scorpio season, that water energy, that time to go within, I encourage you to dream this week. Put pen to paper, write down your intentions. I love to draw the Bagua map. So I draw like a tic-tac-toe grid and In each of the nine squares, I write my intentions for each area of life. So I hope you liked a little bit of feng shui today. It was a little bit less prescriptive. It was a little less tip one, two, three, a little less step-by-step. And yet feng shui has so many different facets, right? And I wanted to capture how being aware of the universal energy is so powerful And it really becomes a way of life. And if you enjoy, you know, getting these energy updates and listening to some of my guidance, then I invite you to work with me. Um, I have a masterclass coming up on 1111. It's called manifesting with feng shui. It's a great way to be introduced to me and my work and get some incredible practical tips to apply right away to help you manifest the life you desire. Uh, there's other ways to work with me. I'm actually going to be opening up the doors to my private feng shui group coming up in the new year. So stay tuned for that. And I even have a welcome the wealth masterclass coming up for the lunar new year. That's not available yet. My private group is not available yet. Um, but manifesting with feng shui masterclass that is available. So you can check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. All right, everybody. So the veil is thin. We are really connected to our spirit guides, our angels, our higher selves. Let's start talking to Katie Beecher. So, once again, I welcome Katie Beecher to the show. She's a medical and emotional intuitive with over 30 years of experience. She was featured on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop and Kourtney Kardashian's website, Poosh. You're going to Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: Thank you so much. I am great. I'm great. Nice to be here.
1: You know, I'm so excited to talk to you because you actually reached out to me and I started following you and I'm loving everything that you stand for, everything you're all about. And before we started this recording, you already told me some really interesting um, facts about your work that I think is just going to resonate so deeply with the listeners Um, I've, I've told my listeners this before, but Louise Hay and I have the same birthday, October 8th, and I consider her one of my spirit guides and you already mentioned some of her work and how, you know, she wrote, you can heal your life through the power of affirmations and the power of that mind body spirit Mm -hmm. connection. And that's what you're all about. So I just think that our listeners are going to feel so empowered after our conversation today, just to really have a different awareness of their body, what their body's trying to tell them. Um, And I just also want to say congratulations on getting in Gwyneth Paltrow's goop and Kourtney Kardashian's website. Poosh, I've never actually gone on it. Sorry. (laughs) I like that. I know the Kardashians. I just don't really know everything about them, but It's awesome that you've been recognized and that you are in the mainstream. I think the world needs this work. So I'll stop talking and I'll just kind of let you introduce yourself. How did you become the medical and spiritual intuitive that you
2: are today? Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Um, So it really, I've always been able to talk to dead people. Um, I've always known that I, I knew things that other people didn't know. Um, I always have been super empathic and picked up on people's energy. And when you grow up in a dysfunctional family, unfortunately, a lot of that that energy is negative and it can be kind of scary when you're a kid. So I really pushed a lot of it down. I didn't know what it was and I didn't know what to do with it. So it just kind of it, it was always with me, but it just kind of was a bit stagnant in terms of any kind of active use. And then as a result of two things, one was being bullied when I was in fifth grade uh, because I went through puberty earlier than other people. Um, And also growing up in a dysfunctional family, I developed a pretty severe eating disorder and it went through, you know, anorexia, bulimia, all the different stages, but by 16, I was binging and purging three times a day or more, which is pretty extreme. Um, So, i had decided that i didn't want to live anymore it was exhausting i felt horrible and i was just i'd had it so i had a suicide plan and everything then and i don't know exactly why i really just call it divine intervention because i have no other explanation but one day i call i came home from school and decided to call our family pediatrician and ask for help and I didn't tell my parents or anyone else. I'd never told anyone. And um, I had a car and a job and I got myself there. And the therapist was um, Jungian. So Carl Jung is, we had talked a little bit about Carl Jung. And he was a really famous psychiatrist who lived um, during kind of the beginning of the 1900s. He, He died in the 1960s. But he's a pretty phenomenal ahead of his time individual. And what I learned from my therapist, which is Jungian stuff, was that with connection to intuition and self-love and self-acceptance, you can really heal from anything. And that the core of most illness, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, is really about not being your true self and not listening and and not being able to set boundaries and um and not feeling safe and physical symptoms are very real and i'm not saying they're not um and there's physical and emotional and spiritual root causes for everything Mm -hmm. but what he he also very firmly believed in you know astrology and psychic abilities and And he got information from mythology. So there's a lot of symbolism. And what I learned also was to treat my eating disorder as a friend instead of as my enemy. So instead of fighting it and feeling like I didn't have any power and like it was out to get me, I learned how to talk to it as my friend and find out what it wanted and and why was it there? And what was I supposed to learn? And so it was a very different way of looking at problems. And I still teach that now. Um, I think it has huge healing abilities. So, um, yeah, so I went through my, you know, recovery thing, which was not easy. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't mean to, you know, um, became a licensed counselor and, wasn't really planning on, I mean, I worked very intuitively. I always knew if I listened to my intuition, I got the best information from my clients, but one day, or eventually it started to happen more and more. I started to accidentally channel people's deceased relatives and friends during therapy sessions.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And there was one case that I remember a woman who had an eating disorder. She was trying to get pregnant and having difficulty. And I was trying to teach her how to talk to her intuition. Like it's all in my book. And and she wasn't really understanding the concept of intuition, which I get, not a lot of people don't even know what it means. So I suggested that she talk to somebody that she felt loved by, and that was her grandmother who was in spirit. So we were kind of doing a role play to show her what it would mean. And all of a sudden, I was I was her grandmother. You know, I I was seeing the inside of her grandmother's house and where she used to play and the exact toys she played with and I was saying things that only her grandmother knew about her and and it was a bit freaky. Um, you know, she she was a bit like, okay, wow, this is cool and weird. But I realized I needed to incorporate more of my abilities into my sessions. And then um a series of kind of, you know, bad things happened between illness and my mom getting sick and and different things. And it just it really made me question the depth of the work that I was doing, and I felt that I needed more. And I'd always been interested in medicine, almost was pre-med in, in college and um, just started exploring the idea of medical intuition. I didn't know what it was, but I ended up taking a three day workshop with Mona Lisa Schultz, who's a pretty well known one. And the first day she just said, give me a name and age. I didn't know if it was a person or animal or anything and much to my surprise, I knew all kinds of things Um, like I could see the people in my head at all different ages. Um, You know, I I knew things about them and their life and their background and um, and their physical traits and their issues. And um, so by the first day I was kind of like, all right, this is pretty amazing and I think I have a new new path here. And, um, yeah, it's turned into this and I have an amazing business and, you know, my book. And so that's like the not so short story of how it all started.
1: Oh, but that's so fascinating. So could just for, for me and also for listeners, like what exactly now that you are a medical and spiritual intuitive What exactly, like you talked about that accidental session where a grandmother came through the conversation, which was really fascinating, but now that you are, you know, certified and you have that background, what does a session look like with you? And I'm sure they all look different, but I'm curious. So
2: that's a great, that's a great question. Um, so I just using someone's name and age, people will contact me through my website or whatever. Um. know i get referrals from all over the place and i use their name and age and i create a very extensive four-page report it's emotional and physical and spiritual things about their entire life so it's not only physical things but relationships and emotions and if they've had trauma and what their career is like and intuitive abilities and all sorts of things and um I break it up by the chakras, which we'll talk about later, which are just energy centers in the body. And by doing that, it enables me to look at the whole person. So I do the report and then I also create an intuitive soul painting out of watercolor. And that's kind of my most fun thing because with words, I can, I can interpret them my own way. I try very, very hard not to. I'm really good at not doing that now and just, you know, writing down what my guys tell me. But the symbolism—it's—it's it's just pure knowledge. And I, sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's an animal, a plant, you know, whatever. Um, but they're very colorful, and my guides tell me what colors to put where, and and what symbols, and you know, the position of the hands means something. Um, different shapes mean things, you know, how the feet are pointed, if they even have feet, uh, you know, things like that. But they give me a lot more information about the person. So I send those before our session. And we go over all the information together. It's a very interactive thing, very supportive, and identify any of the issues um, and strengths that people are having in their lives, that they want to find help with they want to improve on. Um, A lot of people have physical symptoms, but they don't really have diagnoses. And they're trying to find a direction. So I help identify symptoms and, and give them suggestions. I can't diagnose, um, that's not, not cool. And then we develop a plan moving forward in terms of the different things people can do. Um, if they need referrals to medical professionals, you know, I do that. Um, and it's really a, a whole person kind of service. We, we get through a lot in an, in an hour. <laughs>
1: Wow, it sounds like a Could yeah. you give an example of I know you have so many stories, but could you give us an example of a patient who came to you, went through a session and you suggested that they go see a medical doctor and what came of it?
2: Yeah, and yeah, um billions of suggest of ones, but what I'm actually finding it's kind of funny cuz things happen in in little groups and I tend to like I just found out um that my daughter has hypermobility, which is, it's extensively being too flexible, but there's all kinds of other symptoms related to it. Mm -hmm. And um, I have it too. And I always say I'm like a guinea pig for my clients. But um, I've been identifying a lot of hypermobility lately. And it's been people who've had these symptoms for years, sometimes decades. And they're very unrelated, you know, it's gut stuff and mental health and um and pain and stiffness and um dizziness and all kinds of like stuff that you wouldn't necessarily relate to each other and and doctors aren't always great at that kind of thing so i will often talk about you know these are the symptoms of hypermobility and it sounds like that's what's going on and they'll usually be like oh my god no one ever told me this and so it's a huge relief to them um and then i can help them find someone who specializes in that um and sometimes it's doctors sometimes it's physical therapists and and things but yeah so many of them have been coming back saying you know when i talked to you this absolutely resonated and sounded exactly like what was going on and and people may have mentioned it you know 10 years ago and told me i couldn't do anything about it um but they're coming back and being like i finally got a diagnosis thank you so much and now I'm working with a physical therapist and the doctor and addressing these symptoms. And so it's, it's so nice because when you are ill and you don't know what's going on, it's really scary.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just, it's debilitating and you just feel like you're never going to be okay. So um, yeah, that, that happens a lot, but that's kind of been a, a more recent one. A
1: theme recently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, that really, that's fascinating. And it's, it's incredible that then they can go to the doctor or physical therapist and just right. get that, you know, confirmation. Like, hey, I have a, I have a hunch that this is going on. Can you confirm if it's true or not? That really makes it, it, it easier for them too, you know. Um, it
2: does. It, and being being a licensed counselor also gives me some cred because even with hypermobility, there are mental health symptoms. So wow. they can say, hey, this licensed counselor told me this instead of being like. This medical intuitive <laughs> told me that right. you know isn't always well received. Um, so that definitely helps.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunately because all right. This is where I want to talk a little bit before the in um, before we started recording. I was talking with Katie about some possible topics that we could touch upon, and one thing I noticed is, of course, she wrote a book called Heal from Within, a guidebook to intuitive wellness. And at the beginning of each chapter, she starts with a quote. Which I'm a quotes girl. You, I could literally have an entire conversation just in quotes with you. Um, but each chapter opens up with, am I saying it right, Carl Young? Carl uh-huh. Jung. It's it's Jung, but Jung. So yes. Carl, um, it opens up with a quote from Carl Jung, and I was. I've seen a lot of really great quotes from him, but I didn't quite know. I'm not really super familiar with his work, but I know it's like a foundational piece of why you're doing what you're doing. So, could you tell us a little bit more about Carl Jung's work and how he really was ahead of his time? He passed away, you said, in the 1960s. Yeah. But he's, you know, he was ahead of his time in a lot of the newer types of things that we're hearing about now, like this um, medical and spiritual intuitive work that you're doing it's really it started with him a lot it of did. it it did okay. no
2: absolutely i mean he's why i'm alive you know I, okay I tell said me carl about him yeah carl jung saved my life literally wow so he was a, a famous psychiatrist he kind of hung out with freud for a while and he's very scholarly he's written i don't even know how many books and papers and so he had the intellectual Um, you know, right brain side, I mean, left brain side of him for sure. But he also came from a family that his, his, uh, his, not his wife, his mother is, um, was from a family of psychics, and his father was a minister. So he grew up learning a lot about all different kinds of things. And he was very intuitive and psychic himself. But nobody really talked about it then, even though it was the time like spiritualism started to become popular and he he was pretty um pretty traditional for most of his career and then he started to see these horrible visions of you know blood everywhere and bloody rivers and and destruction and and all kinds of things and he was convinced that he was having a nervous breakdown and everyone you know he would talk to people around him and they're like Okay, that's not good. Don't tell people, people are going to think you're crazy. But instead of burying those feelings, or checking them in somewhere, um, instead of pushing down that fear, you know, and that feeling of there's something wrong with me, he took a different approach, and he started having active visualizations, you know, almost, you know, active waking trances, where he really allowed these images to come before him and he got into them and he asked questions about them and he started writing to them and writing about them what he saw and through that activity he found his intuitive guides and he finds you know what he calls his soul and his connection to god and it's from that writing a lot of which was put into something called the red Book which I really thoroughly suggest you check out. It's online, um, but it's also pretty impressive in public, uh, in person. And it's this book, all written in script with these amazing illustrations he did, but it's about his discussions with these guides and the symbols he saw. Um, They taught him about the mind-body connection, that, that everything really is symbolic and that the physical and emotional and spiritual symptoms we have are a reflection of us not being true to ourselves and not trusting our intuition and letting mm-hmm. fear win um the concept of the shadow it's young you know all the things that we don't want to believe about ourselves or we're ashamed of whatever that we push down that become more powerful because we don't put them into the light you know that's all young um louise's hay work about the symbolism of the body parts and Tara Brock's work. I'm so many, just so many people now, um, their foundation, whether they know it or not is Carl Jung's work. And that I can honestly say that learning how to connect to my intuition, um, in the way that he taught learning how to connect to my body, um, treating my eating disorder as a friend, and talking to it and learning from it instead of an enemy and letting self-love and intuition, you know, be at the center of my life. Like all of those things are not only why I'm recovered, but why I'm alive. So it's, it's really, um, super important work. And I, I wish that more treatment was based in self-love and trusting your intuition instead of like, just trying to control your behavior. You we're know, trying to talk yourself out of it. I mean, there's there's a place for cognitive behavioral therapy for third sure, there's a place for a lot of different therapies, but that wouldn't have helped me. I can honestly say, you know. Um, so, yeah, check out the red book. Um it was published forty years after his death because his family was afraid that everyone would th- would think he was crazy and that it was just discred- would discredit him, but the opposite has happened.
0: Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly. A weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org/slash thrive. So I don't know if this is a true
1: statement or not because I'm not really familiar with Carl's Carl Jung's work I'm more familiar with Louise Hay and she talks about how like you can literally look up in the index like oh my left shoulder is hurting me and you can look and see like oh well that actually means and I'm making this up but that means that you feel burdened by responsibility and you can heal that by you're not far off yeah so it's like it's symbolic lower back pain is symbolic with maybe feeling insecure with your money and finances. I mean, that's the root chakra. So there's, is that kind of what you're saying? Like if I, even if I like got in an accident and my pinky finger broke, that that would be symbolic for something else in my life that could, that needs attention.
2: Yes. Um, And that's why I broke, that's why I break my readings up into chakras and where I wrote my book that way, because chakra, which is an energy center in a certain area of the body has corresponding physical and emotional um, and spiritual kind of traits, if you will. Um, so for instance, um, OK, I can tell you a weird story. Um, it's in my book, but it's a weird story. I, we just you know went through some difficult situations in my family, and it was really, really difficult. And I was very distracted by it. I had trouble concentrating. I wasn't sleeping and all the stuff that happens during stress. And at the time, I had been a professional artist as well as a counselor and painted every day, had work in galleries and et cetera. Um, all of that stress really distracted me. Excuse me. And I could no longer do my art. I just stopped. I stopped being creative. And I started to have very bad abdominal pains, like to the point where I had to go to bed. They would come on you know, out of the blue, stay around for 72 hours, wouldn't know what was going to happen um, nothing would take away the pain except something like a narcotic, which I obviously didn't want to use all that much, you know, um, and went through eight bazillion tests, had surgeries. They took out my appendix, um, where they actually found a cancerous tumor. So things happened for a lot of reasons that would not have been removed, had this pain, not have been there. But, um, so yeah, just went through all these things and everyone's like, we don't know what's wrong with you. So finally, my gynecologist said, your, your uterus just feels odd. I don't know what it is. We've done all this exploratory stuff. And, um, so I was done having kids. I couldn't live with that anymore. So I just said, fine, just take it out. I I'm just done with this, get out of surgery. And she says, well, I had to take one of your ovaries. And she said, I've never seen anything like this before. And I'm thinking, yeah, cause it's me. Um, and she said, your uterus, um your fallopian tube was wrapped around your uterus and she said it was you know the most bizarre thing and i said oh that makes perfect sense and she's like what are you talking about and i said well um i went from painting every day to not painting at all and the uterus is a center of creativity you know the the ovary is where you produce these eggs that become life so and that is in the second chakra which also has to do with feminine power and, um, and finances and relationships and and all these other things. But because I stopped being creative, my body acted that out um, by literally choking off the uterus, which is the center of creativity.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. So that was your life mirroring your physical symptoms and vice versa
2: exactly exactly and i see that all the time so what do you
1: think wait what do you think came first do you think that that started to happen and that's what stumped your creativity or your creativity was stumped and then your body reacted no i
2: stopped i stopped being creative oh and then that was interesting yep and my body was like nope we are not going to let you do that we're gonna get your attention because that's not being true to yourself And we are going to make sure that you take care of yourself and notice things. And it's like, we're not going to let you not be your true self. So we're going to get your attention. Katie, I think that's really interesting because I've been really
1: thinking a lot about what I'm doing as a social emotional learning coordinator at a public school district and a mother and a feng shui yeah. New thought, new thought leader and doing all of these different things. And I've had this thought to myself recently of like, what if I just, what if I just kind of stopped? Like, what if I just slowed it down? Like, I don't have to be doing all these things. This is a lot, right? Like, do I yeah. and and then I talked to Felicia Bender, who's a numerologist, and she's a guest on my show for a second time this season. And we were looking at, I'm in a three pinnacle. And I'm in a three pinnacle for the next two pinnacles, actually, which is all about creativity, mm-hmm. expression, and um, communication, which is what I'm doing right here on this podcast.
2: Right,
1: right. And in her book, she said that if you don't do what your highest calling is asking of you, And for you, maybe it was painting. And for me, I feel that I feel this huge call to share the wisdom and knowledge of feng shui, help people expand their manifesting toolbox, help people feel inspired. That's part of that three number. And it's just really interesting because- what I'm hearing you say, and just a connection that I'm making, because I've really kind of been asking the universe for direction. Like, yeah, am I, I am. <laughs> pushing too hard? Am I going too fast? Am I coming on too strong? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I, am I going to, you know, I have, we all doubt ourselves at of some course. point, but of what course. I'm hearing you say is like, when we have these callings, it's so important to listen to them and fulfill them and obey them because that's your higher self telling you that that's what you, you need to be doing. And if you don't answer that calling, that's when we experience physical symptoms. And that was kind of where I was going with this is I do want to say as busy as I've been the past two years with juggling these three major responsibilities and roles in my life, I have been very healthy. And I'm grateful for that, you know, and I think that that's partially because I'm following I don't know maybe i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing and that's that's why i'm so healthy
2: exactly exactly no it's it's very true um people often ask me about their life path and i'm like there are so many things in our life path it's not just being one thing and so what i hear you saying is that you're recognizing the things that are important in your life that you need to um share with people you know, you're really sharing yourself, you're being a spiritual teacher in every single one of those roles. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why we're here is to be a spiritual teacher um, to others and to grow ourselves. And the only way that you can do that is by listening to your intuition and being your true authentic self. So we, that that connection, you um, People are afraid of it because a lot of people are afraid of success because maybe they'll get too busy or they'll get tired or they'll neglect their family or they don't know what it means. You know, I think it's really scary to reveal yourself and to put yourself out there and risk people saying no and getting rejected and and you know all the things when you put yourself out there. But um, and especially like creativity, too, that is raw. It's raw self it's, you know, you being who you are. Um, So it takes a lot of courage to follow your path and do the things you need to do. Um, But I think it's scarier not to. And when I know with me, if I am not grounded enough, if I'm not talking to my guides enough, if I'm not taking care of me, even though I'm doing all this other stuff, you know, um, I have physical symptoms or I have emotional symptoms Mm -hmm. and that's always like, okay, I know better. I'm going to listen to you and now respond, whether it's an injury or a headache or a stomachache or whatever the heck it is, you know, it gets our attention. Oprah used to always say that she'd say like the universe will be like a little ping,
1: like a little little uh, rock on your head, you know, like, okay, you got to slow down, maybe. And when I say I'm healthy, like, I've actually been very tired the past couple weeks. I mean, I slept so late yesterday. It was, you know, yesterday was Saturday. And I was like, I'm so exhausted. And I've been having these thoughts and curiosities about just like, am I pushing too hard? Am I doing too much? So I think that that's the universe way of telling me to slow down, right, and tune in and drop in. But you know, then Oprah would say like, and if you don't listen to those little signs, then it will hit you even with some of those bigger things like the cancer or whatever it is that the universe is trying to say, like, listen.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I call it a feather or a sledgehammer. You uh, know, you can get a little brush of a feather um, and listen to that or you can ignore it and need to get hit of the head with a sledgehammer. And and we all have done both. You know, we, we, are, yes. we are stubborn and we can let fear get in the way of listening and just... I, I work with so many people who come to me for various physical symptoms or emotional symptoms. And my my guides, because the report is so extensive, will identify all sorts of things. And often what will come up is people not knowing how to express themselves or being afraid of that. Um, and then that trickles down to being in really unhealthy relationships or unhealthy mm-hmm. careers and we will have to talk about the fact that, you know, if you don't get out of this relationship, or if you don't get distance from your family, or you can't learn to express your needs and yourself, like you can take all the medicine in the world or diet or whatever the, you know, take herbs and shit. But if you don't, if you do not pay attention to that and get yourself out of that unhealthy situation, Mm -hmm. you cannot heal. And most people say, when I feel better, I'll be able to get out of the relationship or Mm -hmm. I'll get a new job or I will X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, it's not like that. You have to do them concurrently. And it doesn't mean changing your life all at once. You take steps, but you can't do one without the other. It doesn't work.
1: Wow. Those are probably some really hard conversations sometimes that you have to have. So I feel like, you know, wow, people are going to be looking up and being, I think there's a lot of people that you can help heal and i'm just like just so my listeners know if you can't see it she's got a tattoo on her is that
2: your left arm and there's the an right owl off. is there an owl on there or no what, what no what do there's, you have um, there? there's a there's a little mouse
0: uh-huh.
2: and a tree and um this this balloon is actually from one of the green day albums i'm kind of a big punk green day fan um so but yeah this is all about me how i learned taught myself how to draw and i always liked little creatures and and um these mice i collect that they're called wee forest folk i've been collecting them for 30 years and um but i used to sit in front of trees i was very introverted i was very shy and i would just sit in front of trees and be with in nature for hours and and draw and and just kind of hang out i didn't even realize i was you know self-soothing and and medicating at the time self art, nature.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and nature and getting grounded. Okay. That's fantastic. I was just, I had to point that out that I noticed that I'm just like, you just have such a, a calm presence about you and clearly very intuitive and healing. So it's just, it's really, um, it's really refreshing. And I think that the world is ready for more of this type of healing. So I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this work
2: for yes, sure. I agree. I agree. It was really important for me to write my book because I wanted to teach people how to be their own medical intuitives and i wanted to share the techniques that i had learned and developed and and show people how they how to put together all of the things in their life so like you said it's not just i hurt my arm or i have lyme disease it's putting together all of the other things in your life and also looking at you know they're not um they're not separate entities so like. Hashimoto's, which, you know, thyroid disorder, um, that impacts so many of the chakras. So it impacts other things in your life. And, um, just as an, as an example, the thyroid is in the fifth chakra. So that has to do, it's your throat and mouth and things, um, neck and shoulders. And it's also about using your voice, being your true self, Mm -hmm. feeling seen and heard, setting boundaries, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon for me to see thyroid or neck or mouth or whatever um, issues when people push down their feelings, when they're not sure of their authentic selves, when they don't really know how to express themselves, they don't feel comfortable or, or haven't been, been seen and heard, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's a really, I think it's incredibly fascinating how all that stuff fits together. And my book teaches people how to identify their issues and then where they all fit kind of in the chakra charts and what other issues relate to them so that they can start working on it from a whole person perspective.
1: Okay. So that was something I kind of wanted to go into was talking a little bit about the chakras because I was telling Katie that I have a little bit of foundational knowledge about the chakras. I've done some chakra clearing meditations um, that were guided and I've had a Reiki session before one time only people, my listeners might be surprised by that, but I've only had one Reiki session, (laughs) but that really works a lot with the chakras too. Um, You know, I've even had my My friend, John Hillstead was on this show last season and he's a manifesting coach, but he also does so many different things. And like, he, he senses like blockages and different chakras when he talks to me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a little bit crazy that you can sense those kinds of things. Um, but I think maybe for listeners, like what might be helpful is just to kind of have like a basic understanding is are there
2: seven chakras? There's seven main ones. There's lots of little, oh. little ones as well, but there's seven main ones. Can and- we kind of
1: maybe go through some of those main ones so people could identify like, Oh, this feels like, and like, do you have any like suggestions for just like how to clear them on a regular basis or protect them?
2: Yeah. A loaded and-
1: question. I don't know. No, it's
2: not at all. Um, And I want to say, my work isn't so much about energetic clearing Mm -hmm. um or keeping them spinning at a certain route um when you do the work physical emotional or spiritual you do clear energy and the more energy is free to flow within your body the healthier you're going to be and the more you'll be able to listen to your intuition and be your authentic self so um but I'm going to, in my readings, I start with the seventh chakra, which is on the top of the head. And that's that called of, the crown chakra. Yes, the crown. That's purple. I kind of see the
1: colors, right? Yes.
2: Like, yes. okay. Yes. Um, and that is kind of an overview of the whole person. So it's, it starting there kind of tunes me into, okay, what are these, pe- what are the main issues? Like what is what are the things that people are initially coming to see me about? Um, and so that's why I start with the seventh. Most, most people start with the first, but um, but that's me. And the I will go back. I, I'm gonna start with the first after I've explained that because. The first chakra has to do with basic safety and security,
1: and that's the root chakra that tends to be red. Usually, when correct. you see it in pictures,
2: okay, correct, correct. That's the root chakra, and it's it's kind of where we start as as a baby. You know, we we need our basic needs met, which is safety, security, trust. Um, it's about family relationships. It's physically about things like like blood and um and bones and muscles and that basic you know that basic structure that holds us up um it can be about immune system too like there's a lot of things fit into more than one chakra so i'm kind of generalizing yeah but um a lot of us if you don't have a good foundation as a child or if you've had a lot of childhood trauma you tend to have issues in that first chakra um and so it's a pretty common one to um, have things to work on. It's where a lot of the fears emanate from originally and and things like that. And the second chakra um, is it's in the hip area. Um, you know, sexual organs. Um, is that the sacral chakra? It is the sacral. It is OK, sacral. and it's like a orange, it orange color usually. Yep. Yep. No
1: may I just ask this too? Like, I know you said they're very interconnected and it is hard to talk about anything in isolation. Do you work, it sounds like you go through your your chart reading with a client kind of through the chakras, but do you like heal a chakra in a certain order or through isolation or like, do you go by priority?
2: Like wherever there's more need? Yeah, that's a excellent question. I In a session we obviously look at everything. Yes. But I always start by asking, is there anything that you want to make sure that we talk about? So I ask mm-hmm. about their priority. And so the the issue that they present to me with or want to talk about with is not always the most important thing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be that they're coming to me about their head and they need to get out of a relationship or whatever. However. Um, so I always try to start with what is most important to you. What is the thing that is causing the most difficulty in your life? And also what are some things that we can take care of that are less involved? So, what are the first steps because healing and change is really overwhelming but if you can feel like you're starting to make progress and starting to take steps forward that is incredibly empowering and healing so um you know for for example if somebody comes with headaches we certainly talk about all of the different issues that can be related to those headaches and make a plan for what's a good place to start what do you feel like you can actually do and you know start with one small thing and and it might be um, might be getting more rest or something whatever the person is. Um, And but then we also talk about you know if they're in a job that they hate, if they're in a relationship that they hate, you're not going to change that tomorrow. but. What is something you can do? So can you start looking at ads for other jobs? Um, can you make a list of what you would like your job or your career or your life to look like? You know, if it's trying to find your true self, it's starting it's just making a list of the things about you. You may not think you know yourself, but we have many facets, and including things like, what color are my eyes and and I hate broccoli. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be earth shattering. So I really try to help people start with, with doable things Mm -hmm. and with what makes sense. And then once they realize that they can make progress and it's not as scary as they thought that gives them um the energy and the motivation to keep going and we never work on all of our stuff i mean, under god i will never you
0: know
2: <laughs> there's no such thing as perfect and there's always always work to be done yes um, but i think you know fear gets in the way and we just don't think we can do things but then like through my recovery i just kept thinking why was i so afraid of talking about this i'm not dead like the world didn't stop spinning on its axis i can i can mm. keep going so it's kind of meeting people where they are um And, and finding, you know, manageable things to start with.
1: I love that. Like the way you basically described it is like, take some of that low hanging fruit. What's something that you can do that's going to make an impact, but it's going to be easy for you to do. It's just going to be a shift. It's going to be a change. And it's really those small right actions that add up to those major changes. And that's why even as a feng shui practitioner and a feng shui teacher, I always like to tell my clients and my listeners who follow along, like take inventory after you do an adjustment, like in six months to a year and like really look back because some of these changes or manifestations are not necessarily going to be these monumental, huge, right. big things. But when you look back on your life in six months to a year and you take those intentional actions and do those intentional things to make shifts,
2: yeah, it's
1: incredible the impact and the trajectory that your life can take. You know, it just can sort of be mind blowing the things that you can accomplish or the changes that can occur. To the point where you feel like a completely different person than that that person you were six months to a year.
2: Totally. And it's not always going to be easy. It's, you know, with with my own stuff, it's always, you know, three steps back. If I mean, three steps forward and one step back. And then you're like, all right. And then you just keep going. You know, it's not expecting perfection or not expecting it to be easy or Mm -hmm.
1: linear, absolutely and and i'm having a lot of i had like a numerologist on this season and an astrologer and you know what i'm learning by talking to all these the different healers and learning about all these different modalities is there is a common thread with everything and that is that there's no perfect astrology chart or numerology chart or in your case you know talking about the different you know, looking at our, our body holistically and all the chakras, there's always going to be something that is a challenge. And my challenges might be different from yours, Katie, but it's like, and once you heal something then something else might be ready to come (laughs) up, but that's part of being in this earth school. And it's not to say that, you know, I, I just want listeners to know, like you're in the right place, just tuning into this conversation right now. It's not to make you feel depleted. It's to help you to understand that like you are growing and you are ready for this information. If you weren't ready for it, you wouldn't be here right now. Exactly. And the the whole point of all of these different modalities is that it really is empowering when you just understand, when you can understand that like, okay, this pain in my body is telling me something. And exactly. you can literally, I mean, you can literally Google it too and like you'll right. see some interesting things that come up. Or you could pick up Katie's book, Heal from Within, and kind of look there and just kind of just get curious. And it's just, it's a more empowering way to look at our pain and to look at our lessons than to just say, "woes me, you know, and just feel helpless. You can actually do something about it, which is, I think the inspirational piece that you're sharing with us today, Katie.
2: Yeah, no, like even when I found out I had Lyme, my first thought was, oh my God, because you hear that people don't ever get better. But I said, nope, I'm approaching this the exact same way I've approached everything else. Um, I'm not going to be a patient. I'm not going to use the word Lyme. I'm not going to say my in front of my symptoms because I am not Lyme disease. I am a person. I happen to you know have this, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking ownership. And I wrote to it and I said, what? why are you here? What do you want me to know? How can I help you heal? And um, amusingly, the message I got back was, well, you've known since you were 16 that you needed to write this book and you're now in your mid forties. And, uh, it's time to start writing that proposal, sweetheart.
1: Really?
2: Yeah, that's actually what happened. And, um, so I was really motivated to get better and had no clue for anyone who wants to write a book or do anything else. I had no clue what I was doing. I had no background. I had, I was just like, I'm going to start somewhere. So I looked up how to write a proposal Um, started brainstorming, you know, um, a lot of stops and starts along the way, but, but I got better in nine months from really some Lyme disease that I had had since I was a kid. Um, and, you know, worked with an amazing person. I didn't have to use antibiotics because I don't do well with those, but I had chronic fatigue virus and all these different Lyme co-infections. And, and it was like, we need to scare you into doing this, you know, part of your life's work stuff here. Wow.
1: That's fascinating. I appreciate you sharing that because I actually do know like someone with that has that. And, um, it is pretty scary, right? Because you hear that you can never get rid of it and you're always going to have to live with it. Um, and obviously the message that you got was a little bit different than probably what someone else would get, but it's just a matter of like tuning in. Well, I appreciate you so much, Katie. And I wanted to kind of, you know, you gave us a really good idea. We didn't get through all of the chakras, but that's okay. I feel like we got, got a really good. Um, holistic understanding of, of your approach. And it's also just making us think a little bit more about our chakras and our bodies and what they're trying to tell us. So really appreciate you sharing everything that you did today. And I would love it if before we go, if you could just tell us, you know, where we can find you and yes. let us. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Um, thank you so much too. This has been a pleasure. My website's the easiest um, it's Katie K A T I E B E E c-h-e-r com, and there's links to my book and um all all kinds of fun things all of my many little press appearances and other podcasts and I'll I'll put yours up there too um and Instagram it's Katie Beecher Medical Intuitive and Facebook and all that kind of good stuff so yeah that's probably the most central place to reach me
1: That's perfect. I just know there's going to be listeners that like really are going to save this episode for when they need it, or they might already need it now. And, (laughs) you know, I think might really want to actually work with you. And I think that like, if you're not ready to fully dive into like a one-on-one session, I mean, you could just literally get the book and it does walk you through some actual things you can do, which I think is a beautiful part about writing a book. It's just, my gosh, I'm like flipping through. You talk about energy vampires. Oh my gosh this is good. This is so really many good.
2: Things. So, many things. Uh,
1: so many things and it, and it's all connected. That's why I love it. Like, you know, what I teach with feng shui and how you can improve your environment to improve your life. Yeah. It's all interconnected. So. It is.
2: It is. I know. I love what you do. I, I know very little about it, but it's fascinating.
1: Perfect. Well, I'm glad that the universe brought us together. Thank you for being here tonight and listeners. I will see you next week where I will help you design the life you deserve.